views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individual and not of the host. Your radio, Tony, Rodney, Darren, what it is. All had problems, now we got the solutions to handle our bees. Press and stress the problems ahead so we can work it out. Because I've grown up from boys to men, I know I'm shutting my mouth. Welcome to another episode of the Merry Men Don't Talk show. You can download our free app, Merry Men Don't Talk app, and consider sponsoring tonight's episode by donating $5 per PayPal at information or info at mmdt.org or cash app the Merry Men Don't Talk. Uh, phone lines are now open right now, but this show is strictly for men only. Tonight's topic is pro-husband, and my name is Darren, and I'll be your host for the evening along with my co-hosts, Tony and Rodney. Um... Rodney, I mean, uh, Rodney, before we got on to get started with this show, I wanted to continue on this uh, this path of asking you about your child's decision to go to a school. And I kind of want to, our special guest tonight is Michael Warren. He is the the man, the myth, and, and, the, and the legend behind the Pro-Husband Act and uh, Network, and he has a book, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But Michael... You have kids, and, and you can chime in on this question, but we were just asking if your kid wanted to go to another college that doesn't agree with what you want them to go to. So, But are we supposed to teach our kids um, when they're looking for a career? Um, and I know your daughter is dance. She's musically sound. She can play the piano. She can do ballet and uh, amongst a whole lot of other things. What is the major at that particular school that she will be taking to make her some money, you know, on the back end. Yeah, I don't know, but it's a lot of choices, and they're an evolving school, so they they have uh, different uh, large corporations that come down and tell them that, hey, we need a candidates that fit this description, and they make a major out of it. So she's very artsy, and um, so she'll figure it out. You know, it's, it's enough options out there, and their whole goal is to monetize your passion. So her passion is somewhere in the arts-related field. So whatever that means, whether it be animation, whether it be architecture, whether it be uh, app design, uh, customer experience, it's all different types. So she'll figure it out. But, you know, I I just give her the options. And, um, you know, she has to make the ultimate decision, not me. Okay. Okay. But you didn't give her a decision in choosing an HBCU. Because that's not on yeah, the that list. wasn't an option. That, now that wasn't an, an option at all. So, but other than that, and and the thing is, like, she really didn't didn't want to go to a, a HBCU. But so don't our kids not, don't our kids kind of tailor to what we want? And if they say, like, you know, hey, if my dad and my mom don't want me to 
even look at this, I won't even explore it because they're not gonna they're not gonna say yes to it anyway. Yeah, I think they should. I mean, I know with hmm. uh, me and my wife, you know, we are speaking from a point of uh, maturity and wisdom. So if you go against maturity and wisdom, that's just dumb. You know, we're not making <laughs> we're we're talking about making informed decisions. So I give I state the facts, and then it's like, oh yeah, there you're right. You know, I deal in fact based. I don't deal in too much. You know, it's got to be fact-based. Where are the analytics? What are the realities of, you know, this school or that school? And, you know, I got a whole grid, you know, laid out. So, yeah, we're going to make an informed decision. But, no, HBCU would not be on all this. Oh, Sorry. And that's, okay, so that's a problem. Now, now, Mike, chime in on this if you want to. But that I think that's a problem because if you say, hey, if you go against my experience and facts behind dealing with three HBCUs that I they they, they miserably failed my – litmus test, then you're just dumb for thinking another way. Dial that. They're going to think that, dang, Dad called me dumb if I even think about going that way. So let me go ahead and see the way he want me to think. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I'm I'm writing the checks. So, I mean... I was about to say, I, he who has the gold makes the rules, right? <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Michael. Tell this guy. Tell this guy. Now, she want to go on her own. You know, I can keep my money. You know, hey. But I'm, no, not, I'm, not, I'm not wasting my coin. I have it. I have a I have a different approach with my children. Um, I, I don't pay for it. yeah I don't pay for their school and they can go wherever they want to go. I don't care. Um, you know they they figure out how to pay for it. And they make it happen. And I got one at a HBCU and one at a PWI. Okay, so hmm. so the, the thing I'm saying is if your if your child wanted to go somewhere and you was paying for it. You wouldn't pay for it if you don't make the decision that you want her to make. No, I don't believe parents. I don't believe parents should pay for children's school in the first place. Okay. Okay. So, um, and, and we talking to Michael Warren here on the line as well tonight too. You, you know, I've seen your your site, and not unless the site was old, your kids look mighty young on your website, Mike. Can I call you? Yeah, Mike? they're. Uh... Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, right now they're uh, 10 and 8. So, I mean, I still got a couple of years before I got to really start del- delving into these conversations. Good. <laughs> but <laughs> it comes fast, bro. Well, yeah, right. Fast. I do have a niece. Yeah, I do have a niece. I had a conversation. Go ahead. No, I was going to say there, I've got a yeah. niece that she just uh, announced she's going to uh, Utah State. And uh, for gymnastics, they gave her a full ride up there. And she's from uh, Alabama. So, we're going to see how that works. But okay. uh, so I'm so I am getting to, I am starting getting a little sneak peek so I'll catch up and get more information uh, for the holidays. Good, uh, we'll be good. Down there now, I but yeah. Okay. Now, Mike, I did have a conversation with my youngest daughter about with all my kids when they were younger about the twelve year old range and looking at the price of schools and how they were going to figure out a plan to pay for it. Yeah. So uh, my daughter started out at twelve years old wanting to go to NYU and. uh live on campus and once she mm-hmm. saw that at the time sixty five thousand dollar a year price tag and yeah, I'm yeah. asking the twelve year old how are you gonna pay sixty five K a year? Yeah. And and huh. she's like, Well a scholarship and we started talking about grades and all the other stuff, but yeah, yeah, I I, I want them to understand college costs a very nice car a year. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. so I want them to understand it. And and a lot and I think I think and I know my problem in college 
my experience, my parents tried to pay for me, and I threw it away the first time I went because the mm. cost of college wasn't relative to me and the sacrifice they were making. So I, so I threw it away. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and so Mike, we're talking to Michael Warren here tonight, um, and he he's the author. So tell us about yourself, Mike. Um, tell us about this pro husband, man. Yeah, so uh so basically uh Pro Husband is a uh it's it's a online program that I developed uh based off the content from my book that I published probably about five years ago. It's, and the book is titled Marriage Declassified, a non clinical and non clerical answer to what am I getting into. And so uh I self published it. Go ahead. Somebody's about to ask a question. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I uh so basically I, I published a book uh, it was sort of the culmination of a uh, of a, a journey inward, you know, trying to figure out how to uh, just have a better experience in my marriage. Um, in April, me and my mar- when my wife will be have been married about 15 years, and so I, I can I can remember being in year I guess it was maybe four or five, and just feeling like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Mm-hmm. Had no clue. I was like, okay, now nah. I was like, it's clear to me that this is the woman I'm supposed to be with. Like, uh, like all the writings on the wall, all the signs are there, but I just couldn't figure out why things were so frustrating, why uh, all these expectations seemed to keep coming out of the woodwork, and you know everything felt like a surprise attack. And uh, you know when I started looking around for help and, and advice, I was like, there was really no, uh, I didn't have any resources to kind of help navigate this this new landscape you know that I found myself in and so uh you know so what I know to be true now I mean you know as I get older is you know when you start when you need help and you look around and there is no help sometimes you got to be your own help you know so I just basically decided to uh just sort of step out of my feelings and just start really paying attention to the patterns uh that were going on in our house you know not only within myself but within, within my wife and just trying to figure out all right if I was a scientist looking at this situation, like, how can I make these interactions more efficient? You know, how can I identify these problems and then start trying to come up with solutions? And so the, uh, you know, the major thing that I discovered was that, you know, I ultimately control my experience in the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I control, I control my decisions. I control my perspective, all those things. I can't do anything on the other side of the coin. Like my wife's responsible for her, reactions to things, her, uh, her value system and all that other stuff. But I mean, typically uh, what happens is we always end up pointing the finger at each other, you know, and it's like, you get right. No, you get right. No, you first, no, you go first, you know, and, and there's always this rub instead of just saying, all right, well, look, I'm done participating in that because that's getting us nowhere. So I said, what I'll do is I'll just figure out what my opportunities are, you know, as a man, as a provider, you know, and as a spouse, and let me just start trying to, you know, jump in with both feet and sort of, you know, close any gaps, you know, that I found. And so when I did that, I started to notice that the temperature started changing in in my relationship with my wife. And Mm. so that was one of the first light bulbs for myself was what I realized, what I, what most of us would classify as nagging and tripping. And, you know, she always on my back. That's my wife. That was my wife's reaction to the problems that I had with myself. Hmm. Okay. And so what I realized was that if I start working on my opportunities, then she doesn't have anything to trip or, or uh, you know, or harp on. And so by closing some of those gaps, by resolving some of these issues that I know that I have, you know, some of these weaknesses or shortcomings, by doing that, 
then I automatically give her an opportunity to start responding to me differently. You know, and that's what started happening over the course of about 18 months. And so after, um, you know, after, you know, I started kind of getting, getting my feet underneath me, uh, you know, we were having a conversation and she said that, uh, you know, she was like, I, I told her, I said, you know what? I said, I wish when I had married you, you would have come with an instruction booklet or a field manual or something like that. You know, cause we were sitting down over breakfast and she was laughing and she was like, well, she's like, well, why don't you write one? And I was like, go ahead, girl. I was like, you tripping, man. I was like, we have a cracker barrel. I'm sitting digging in my pancakes. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Because mm-hmm. I don't have any training in any literature or anything like that. So writing a book was like the farthest thing from my mind, you know, and then even looking at my resume, none, none of my past would point to me writing a book. So, I mean, that just seemed crazy. But what I know now is that, uh, you know, that she planted a seed and I found myself about three weeks later still thinking about it. And so, uh, so I had a uh, interesting experience. I got a uh, a legal pad and I said, all right, I'm going to go ahead and just unplug this PlayStation because I was on that call of duty real hard. Yeah. <laughs> I said, this is going to be, this is going to be a distraction. I said, let me just sit down and just start writing and see what happens. And I kid you not, I sat down with a fresh legal pad and I started writing and it was kind of slow going there for about 10 or 15 minutes, but then stuff just started flowing. And, and then I felt just like this peace come over me. And I looked mm-hmm. up probably in about two and a half hours later, and I had like 25 pages worth of content just writing. It was almost like an out-of-body experience, you know. So that spooked me. But what I realized looking back on it, I was like, okay, like I, I've like something just got placed on me, so I need to pursue this. Hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you said, uh, and this the way this works, man. Anybody can jump in and ask you anytime, any questions. So it's not really no form. Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, please feel free. Cool. But um, did you have a did you have your dad and your mom was together? No, so I so my father passed from a heart attack when I was about twelve years old, so okay. I lost him early in my life. So um, you know, so there was a lot of conversations around manhood and relationships that I didn't have. You know, so uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know when you're a kid. You know, but certainly, you know, when I got out and started trying to build a life for myself, you know, the the absence of those conversations, you know, started to show up you know, pretty uh, vividly, you know, in my interactions with, uh, you know, with my wife. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, you mentioned earlier, I heard you say about you, you had acknowledged that you had a problem. So most men have too much, my, too much pride to acknowledge that they have. Yeah. Those problems. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you come to admit yours? I mean, that's kind of hard to do as an individual that says, look, man, I got some problems and I need to get this mirror and start looking in it and start, labeling the problems that I have so I can start, you know, working on them and correcting them and asking my wife to aid me in it. How did you come to admit such something that's that's so strong to for any man to admit to well, yourself? It's, yeah, well, I mean, it's, I mean, the, the old adage is, you know, you get tired of being sick and tired. Mm. And so for me, I just, I remember it plain as day, man. I was sitting in the uh, bathroom and I was uh, shaving and I was sitting there looking at myself in the mirror and I was just thinking to myself, I was like, like, there's got to be more to this marriage than this. I was like, when I, when I got, when I took this knee and, you know, asked this woman to, you know, spend her life with me and, you know, spend her money with me and, you know, share her body with me and all this other stuff. I said, I felt like the relationship she'd be yielding more than what it was at the time. You know, but we were still, like I said, this was like year four, year five, and we were still pretty young, you know, in our, uh, 
you know, in our union, if you will. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we all get, we all suffer, you know, for a lot of different reasons, but I've always been sort of a natural problem solver. So it got to a point where I was like, you know, and I'm tired of feeling frustrated. I'm tired of hearing her mouth about, you know, any, you know, you know, 10, uh, 10 things that I didn't do right. You know, tired of, tired of feeling like, a failure or, you know, did I even make the right choice and asking this woman to marry me? Like all those things will keep you up at night, man. You know, they'll, mm-hmm. keep you, they'll have your blood pressure up and, you know, have you snapping on folks at work, <laughs> you know, and they don't even know what's going on. But, but, you know, I just, you know, I'm real big about my peace, you know, my internal peace. Like I'm not a materialistic person, but, you know, I'm real big. I value my time and I value my peace. And so I was like, you know, I, I can't, I can't keep, you know, not getting good night's sleep and you're not, not going through my day, you know, feeling, you know, at par. So I just said, something's got to change, you know, and I've, I married a very strong, uh, strong willed and intelligent woman. I mean, she is a, uh, she's a force of nature. Uh, so, you know, battling her was going to be a very expensive uh, <laughs> endeavor, you know, mm. and had been. And so I was like, this is, I was like, this, this isn't what we are supposed to be doing. We shouldn't be fighting with each other. It's like, we are supposed to be building something together. Mhm. Exactly. You know, but uh, but like like I said earlier, you know, the only side of the equation I can impact is my side. You know, right. so if I'm supposed to be the head of the household, that's why I got to go first. So even I know she's with full knowledge that she's got her opportunities and she's got her challenges and she's got her shortcomings, you know, and her baggage and everything. I can't con- I can't control all that. I can't uh, take that away from her. Like she's got her own work she's got to do on, on herself. And so I mm-hmm. said, you know, you know, let me just focus on what I can control, you know, and so and that's made all the difference, you know. So, I mean, she ultimately ended up following my lead on that, you know, by starting to see that, OK, like, all right, he's actually making effort to try to be more thoughtful, trying to be more uh, intuitive, trying to communicate better and all these other things. So, OK, if I can, if he's out here making good calls well, then maybe I can fall back and not feel like I have to micromanage all the decisions and all that other good stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it was, uh, so, go ahead. Now, most of the men we talk to, or I talk to on, on a weekly basis, um, before they come to that point and look into the mirror and saying that, you know, something is wrong with me, let me figure this out, they go yeah. turn to the office of another woman. That ain't ever happened to you? No, I've never, ever stepped out on her. Um, I can say that you know, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that, uh, you know, if I wasn't out in public, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still a man. I still see, you know, the eye candy that's out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But I know that, but I'm wise enough to know that, you know, that's just a, a quick tickle, if you will. And yeah. you know, what I, and I've got so much to lose by pursuing that. So it's not even worth my time, you know. That's so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day. <laughs> You know, what? What I, and also what I had to realize, you know, just in speaking on that, because that's a great point, you know, ultimately, I mean, we're, it's very few guys that's out there looking for just the sex. I mean, what you're ultimately looking for is a win. Mm-hmm. You know, we all want to feel confident. We want to feel, we want to feel like a winner. We want to feel like we have purpose and that we're actually achieving something. So if I've gone and, you know, tried to fight this good fight at my job, you know, and come up short, you know, if I come home, and, you know, which is supposed to be a place of peace. Like I should be able to come home, you know, me and my wife should, we should be able to come to our home and be able to relax, let our guard down, take the armor off, you know, take the mask off and just be who we are and be peaceful and be able to connect. You know, if I got to come home and I got to fight you here too, 
then and I keep coming up short because you know I mean you're not going to out argue a woman. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's that's... just it's just not going to work. You know, so I'm coming up short there. So so damn, where where is my win at? It's like oh okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, for lack of a better phrase, you know, big booty Judy at work. You know, she, you know, the one day that. <laughs> The one day that me and my wife are at odds, that's the one day she decides to start giving me some attention. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the trap. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's the trap. So, uh, is that in your book, uh, Marriage Qualified as well? What is that about? I mean, I want to know, like, when you, you wrote the book, Marriage Disqualified, mm-hmm. what year did that come out? That was, let's see, this is 19. That was probably 2014, I think. Fourteen. Okay, so that com- uh, yeah. so your mm-hmm. um your website is up to date. You can still get the book for free. So what I've got going right now, uh, so the the book is in three formats. It's in paperback, it's in um, uh, ebook format, and then I also read it on Audible as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know my mission my mission is basically to uh, to help us build up the family unit. You know, I feel like just just from a from a, a national scale. I mean, if you look at the American Family Unit over the last fifty, sixty years, it's just been obliterated. You know, and I feel like a lot of the social ills we have. If you if you ask enough questions and you drill deep enough, everything comes back to the house. Mm-hmm. You know, as far yeah. as there being a uh, being synergy between mom and dad, husband and wife. You know, and uh, you know that balance of that masculine and feminine energy in the house, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, you know, so I mean, at the end of the day, you know what uh, my purpose was and where pro husband came from. And there's a chapter in my book where I said, um, you know, if I'm coming to a job, if I'm coming to a corporate job, and I want that corner office, you know, if I want to get up there in the C-suite, there is a well-defined path on how to get there. I know what certifications I need to have. I know what how much time and title I need to have. I know which elbows I need to rub. I know which parties I need to go to. You know, and I know, um, you know, and I know which meetings I need to make sure that I'm a part of. Like all those things are things you can see, you can touch them, and everything, right? So right. if I've got so 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 I say all that to say that there is a clear path towards success. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I so if if we can have that same clarity in if if we've got that clarity in our professional lives, why couldn't we have that in our personal lives? And so that's where pro husband came from. Was that it's a professional strategy for the most rewarding role of your life? Okay. Okay. So, based off that, is is any of the book biblically biblically based, or is it is it just no. all like? No, um, it, it it's wide but, open. So I mean, yeah. So I am a Christian. We're a Christian household, you know. And um, and basically, what I found in my own experience was that. Um, you know, there are a ton of resources that are biblically based. Uh, excuse me. I, I get my <laughs> tongue tied on that too. Biblically yeah, man. based. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, but I feel like this, you know, I mean, you know, the message of Christ was for us to love, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to a lot of retreats. I've been to workshops and everything. And, and what I just, what I saw happening just like from a logistics standpoint, just like physically, you know, I, I've, I've been in places where we spent three, four hours completely focused on the word and focused on, you know, uh, the stories and everything. And we never got around to me. You never got around to you. You never got around to me as an individual. So if we're coming to a, a marriage workshop, you know, it was more heavily focused. It was more Bible study than it was, hey, giving me some, some strategies and some day-to-day tactics. Because at the end of the day, 
what any man will tell you, if you ask a man to do a job, you know, and he's never done it before, he's going to ask mm-hmm. you, how do I do that? Right. So one of my favorite passages, mm-hmm. you know, in the, uh, in the word is, you know, we should love our wives like Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that, that can preach all day. But when I get home and I turn that doorknob and I walk in, you know, and I forgot to pay the bill, um, you know, forgot to check the baby's homework or whatever, or, you know, I didn't uh, respond to her email she sent me or something like that. And there's chaos in the house. How do I love her like Christ loved the church? Like, how do I do that? Because for most of us, you know, we're we're purely reactionary. We're just trying to just stay off the radar and try not to not, try not to poke the bear. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and you just you just playing defense, and that's not the way that we should be living together. So. Okay. Anybody else got any questions for for uh, Mike? Yeah, Michael. When did you start Pro Husband, the training system? What year was so that? I started that probably officially it's been about a year. Uh, I went through probably about a year and a half of uh, content development and doing like some beta testing. I did a a 90 day boot camp at my church uh, last was it yeah it was last quarter of uh, last year. And, uh, you know, and graduated uh, 10 guys out of that, you know, so I've been following up with them. A couple of them have been on my podcast as well. But the, uh, you know, because I'm I'm very methodical about the things that I do. And I know that once you step out into the public space, like whatever you say, whatever content you put out there, once you cut it loose, you can't bring it back. Mm -hmm. You know, so so I was very, uh, very mindful of let me make sure let me run this, you know, uh, get get in front of some strangers, let them uh, just be brutally honest and just see what their experience is, you know, with the philosophy and the strategies and, uh, you know, and just see how things shake out. And, and we've had amazing results and, you know, guys were able to see, you know, some pretty significant changes in a relatively short period of time. So that let me know that I was onto something. And so, you know, for me, it's just another way of tithing back to the community, if you will. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, it's, it, you know, it's easy to cut a check. It's easy to put money in the, in the basket or whatever, but you know, it's not, uh, I mean, you know, the word tells us it's not just uh, your money, it's your time and your talents. And so for me, uh, you know, being a natural problem solver and, you know, enjoying teaching and instructing and, and, and talking and being just generally good with people, that was another way for me to, uh, you know, to get back to the community. So uh, it, it's wide open, not only uh, just for the faith-based community, but just, Anybody, you know, I mean, I don't. They could be people in China right now. I need some Chinese pro husbands in my life. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and that, is that an ongoing, mm. on-running program at your church that you have? Yeah. Or? So, well, no. So it was one thing that we just. I work with my pastor, and um, you know, he was he was very instrumental in sort of putting the uh, spark to the fumes uh, because I was, you know, I was always very hesitant to get out and and uh, you know really just go public with this. Like I knew what I had was worthwhile, but it was just, you know, personal issues, just, you know, being kind of shy and saying, all right, well, look, man, you know, you know, uh, having some self doubt and everything and, you know, some lacking, lacking confidence. And so uh, he sat down with me and the thing that he said to me, uh, he said, look, man, he, uh, he preached on, I forget what, I think it was Moses. He was, he was preaching on Moses and he was talking about how Moses was reluctant to accept his mission. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when God gave him his mission, you know, he was, you know, reluctant to uh, take it on because he was like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't talk right. You know, I'm old. You know, folks gonna laugh at me and all that other stuff. And the one thing that stuck with me and he preached on this, I hadn't heard it again 
uh, he preached on this in probably about seven years ago, I think. But the part that stuck with me was when he said, God asked Moses, what is that in your hand? And what Moses had in his hand was basically a stick, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so basically God used what he had in his hand. And he's like, basically what you have in your hand, that's what I'm going to use to do my work, you know, through you. And so mm-hmm. I, and so when he said that, that just really sat in my soul. And I just said, all right, well, what, what do I have in my hands? Like every last one of us, everybody on this call, everybody who's going to listen to this, everybody has something in their hand, you know, spiritually speaking. Right. So, so, so what is it and what are you going to, you know, how are you going to cultivate it and bring it forth, you know, so that the body can make use of it? Right. Okay. And I, and then you took, you ran it from there. Yeah, and I, and I and I just ran it from there. You know, he gave me opportunities to speak, and you know, the more I got up in front of people, the the uh, easier it got. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, and so I just I just figured out that, you know, if I said uh, I have to, one of the things that keeps me motivated is I said there's somebody out there that's waiting on me to finish this book, or there's somebody out here who's waiting on pro husband to go live, so they can start helping themselves. You know, because maybe they haven't found something that they're. Uh, that they can get excited about, or maybe they've tried everything else, you know, and they're just out of options and they're about to throw the towel in, you know? So for me, you know, I was thinking about my target market. I said, you know, guys are a tough market to crack because to your point about pride and ego, we are the last, like, we will not accept help. We will mm-hmm. not ask for help. We will go down with the ship, you know, and, and I had a lady ask me about this uh, the other day. She was like, you know, how is it that you can, um, She's like, why did you even try to take this on? Because I, I doubt that guys are going to be into this. And I said, well, that's what I that's what I thought and that's what I was told. But my experience in working with guys is what I have found is that if you can create a safe environment where men know that they're not going to be punished and they're not going to be penalized or judged, then I have literally seen guys just gushing out information. Like, there's, there's, like we, we're sitting on so much stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, years, years worth of stuff. And it's like, we're just looking for a safe place to dump it, you know? And so, you know, I tell everybody, you know, look, I'm I'm not here, you know, as a, uh, as an, as an authority figure or, you know, trying to put myself off better than you. Like, no, what I'm saying is I've just built a safe environment for you to come in here. Uh, you know, to use an analogy, it's like, pull your car here into this shop. We're going to pop the hood on it. And we're going to mm-hmm. look at these parts and we're going to discuss your relationship as a system. And see, if we point to these parts and I, and I can educate you about my observations about this system and how things work, how this feeds this other thing and how the, all these things are connected, then what I've found is guys light up because guess what? We're talking about the system instead of you. Mm-hmm. And see, that's where we lose a lot of people when you go to counseling and uh, some of these relationship workshops and everything. And I'm speaking from personal experience. You get in these workshops and, you know, the, the walls go up. Because I don't care what how I don't care what's your reason for coming in there. It always seems to end up with the guy's the problem and he's the one under attack. Mm-hmm. You so know, and you so realize, that's why. Go ahead. Do you realize, Michael, that um, you know what you're what you're talking about is essentially what the Married Men on Talk Show is. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've been doing this podcast. This is year 11 um but i think who who did you say that um asked you know why you were doing that was that your wife you said no it was just a lady that uh that i was talking to oh okay yeah yeah it was was in a coffee shop 
Yeah, she was right because, um, you know, one thing that we've, uh, over the years, you know, we started in 2009 and um, we feel, you know, same thing like you did that, you know, there's some Mm -hmm. value here. Um, But the better our analytics got, we were like, whoa, whoa, this is (laughs) not, you know, it's not being received well. Um, And, you know, it's, it's really because that, uh, people don't care about husbands. They say they do, exactly. but as mm-hmm. I stated before the call started, I'm a facts guy. I'm an analytics yeah. guy, and you know, uh, Darren probably recalls me saying that when we took this podcast to Sirius XM, three weeks later, I told him, Darren, what did I tell you, Darren? Three weeks in, what did I tell you? Yeah, he told me to go ahead. This ain't gonna be. This ain't gonna. This ain't the one. They, they exactly. a lot of. Uh-huh. I told him three weeks in, Michael. I said this is not working. Three weeks yeah. in, mm-hmm. I said I don't need. I don't need no more than about three weeks because I, you know, pretty. I'm pretty knowledgeable about social media, how stuff yeah. moves, how stuff operates. Mm-hmm. I have a high emotional. I have a high uh, emotional intelligence. Um, intelligence. Yeah. I know how to read. I know how to read people. So yeah. You know, it's it. This, this ain't, this, you know, husbands ain't the move, man. I mean, I'm, uh, I know I'm sounding like the resident contrarian here tonight, but it's it's just not, you know, 11 years into it. And we only realized this once our mm-hmm. analytics start to, started to sharpen, you know, because we yeah. didn't, back when we started, we didn't really have good solid numbers on, you know, performance base and, you know, uh, or we knew our content was really unique and good and, and, and something for, you know, the marketplace, but as far as, like, impact, we didn't really have anything. Yeah. So as the years went on, our analytics started to sharpen, and it was it became crystal clear. It said, you know, people, they, they, they say it's cool, you know, it's a good thing, but the numbers, you know, numbers never lie. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. That's my favorite quote. That's why I always go to the numbers. I don't, you know, I don't look at opinions. Yeah. I'm just like, what are the, what are the numbers? Because the numbers tell you the story every time. So then, mm-hmm. you know, once we, once, once our analytics started to crystallize, it's like, nah, man, you know, th- this ain't it. I have uh, better stuff to do with my time. Um, mm-hmm. I know my worth, you know, as it is, because, you know, like you said, it's just, the vast majority, and I'm going to go out on a limb and probably say at least 80% of married men are not pulling their car into the, the mechanic shop and opening the hood and letting you or somebody else, you know, poke around and, you know, give them a new transmission or drop a new engine in them because they see that there's a major leak here. They're not doing yeah. that. You know, so well, it's, I, think, I mean, it's a, well, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, no, I appreciate you uh, sharing. I mean, I'm I'm having a much different experience out here in the field. Uh, what I know to be true is that part of the reason why people aren't, I mean, the guys aren't pulling their car into the shop is because there are no shops for them. I so at the end of so I think that, uh, no, so, so look at it like this. So if, if I want to go ahead and, and and uh, and try to make a move in my marriage. If I'm if I'm you know sort of like I said tired of being sick and tired, or you know the house is on fire, which is tip which is typically that's when most most guys will show up. You know one or two yep. things is gonna happen. Either my wife is is just I'm tired of hearing her mouth, or things have gotten so bad that you know I'm hanging off the edge of the cliff, 
you know, over a lava pit by my pinky, you know, at that point now I'm like, all right, you know what, maybe I should do something different. You know, so it's like your ultimate destruction, you know, or your wife's nagging are the only, you know, two things that are going to motivate you to, uh, you know, start changing course or trying to, you know, make some uh, changes and everything. But the question is that when you get ready to start making a change, like, where do you go? Pro-husband, married men don't talk, you know, but again, numbers Yeah, but what I'm saying is, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the numbers tell a story, but it's not... I mean, there's, there's another, I mean, that's not all that's going on. You know, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I have an appreciation for the data, you know, like they say, uh, there's another phrase about data. that says, if you torture the data long enough, it'll confess to anything. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) So I can, yes. So I, you know, and that, and I've seen that firsthand, you know, I mean, I used to, uh, I used to manage a, a Verizon wireless in the retail, um, retail sector. A, um, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was funny. You'd see some be on some of these conference calls, and you know you, they give you a report. You look in the report, and you'd be like, "Yeah, Mike, y'all, you know your team's doing great on such and such." And then they take that paper, spin it 180 degrees, you know. And then now you was you went from a hero to a zero, you know, in mm-hmm. two seconds flat, you know. And you kind of like, "Well, damn, I thought I was just winning, you know." But now it's like we spent two minutes praising me in a half hour, you know, telling me about you know how. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about mm-hmm. where all my opportunities are and all this other stuff, but yeah, uh, but you know, so I can, so you can, you can, you can put all your eggs in, in one basket with, you know, with just what the numbers are, but it's it's part of the story. I mean, there is obviously inherent value in the numbers, but I mean, when you're working with people, I mean, people are are dynamic and, uh, you know, and they're the hardest thing to try to account for because as soon as you think you got them pegged in a corner, then they, you know, they shape shift on you. You know, and start going mm-hmm. in another direction. Yeah, so, and I like what you I'll, said. Yeah. I like what you said on another show. Um, you said that that men are like firemen. Yeah, so that's a great. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna let you tell it. I don't want to. Yeah, I'll one, explain. But I heard yeah. it, and I was like, "That's pretty cool." But go ahead, you tell it, Mike. Yeah. So basically, so here's here's, here's my premise. So, so guys, we are like the firemen. Like if you think about the job and the role in the in the day to day experience of a fireman, if nothing is on fire, if there is no emergency, what's the fireman doing? He back at the, at the fire hall, playing checkers, his feet up, playing checkers, playing checkers, mm-hmm. bumping his gum, mm-hmm. you know, uh, watching the game, you know, uh, you know, talking, you know, uh, talking noise, you know, about the, uh, you know, about each other's teams and whatnot. But as soon as that fire bell rings, well then, you know, it's it's go time, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so you go from zero to sixty, you know, and it's all basic, it's all reactionary, right? So that's how we are, and that's how most of us are in our marriages: is that we're completely reactionary, like we're chilling until wife brings something, you know, drops that in our lap and it's on fire, then we're ready to react, you know. But mm-hmm. that that can be very expensive, depending on how many things get dropped in your lap and how often that you can get burned out on that really quick. It's kind of like, man, why is everything a four alarm fire, right? And so that that can create a that can create an environment where you can get frustrated that will create an environment that uh in in all honesty, some people don't want to come home to. You know, we all know that guy that would rather work, you know, uh 10 hours extra overtime that week than go home and deal with his family. Mhm. You know. Mhm. Um you know, so so, but that's how most of us are. That's like our baseline. But what I what I'm challenging uh, 
guys to do with this pro husband program is you go through the content. What you learn how to do is you learn how to be the codes inspector. And so the codes inspector, if you think about the nature of his job, his job is to go into buildings and look for potential problems. You know, if you mm-hmm. see it, you know, if you close your eyes and imagine him with his hard hat and his glasses on, he's walking around with his clipboard and saying, "Okay, look, that wiring looks a little loose. Uh, you know, you got some some settling over here. That concrete doesn't look like it cured properly. Uh, let me look over here and look at this sprinkler system. Oh, you got a leak right there over here in this joint. You know, you need to uh, check that. And so, basically, what he's doing, he's operating in the spirit of proactivity, right? So he's mm-hmm. trying to spot those problems and deal with them. So the benefit to that is that if I if I gave you a choice, you know, would you rather deal with a leaky pipe or would you rather deal with three feet of water in your basement and not find out about it till 3 a.m. when your wife kicks you and saying, hey, you know, I went to go use the bathroom. I'm stepping in water. Mm. <laughs> when well, you step in the water. The yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing is like. But you ain't men, got no choice but to be firemen at that point. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, but men, that, that's the thing is that we're, everything you said, men know that. Like, it's not rocket science, but the thing is, what are they going to do differently? And that's the well, challenge they need that to, I found. Well, that's you know, the obviously they is, need a pro-husband system, but the thing is that they do. They, mm-hmm. they're, they're not on a large scale. Like, are we going to see pro-husband go viral? I doubt it. I doubt it. Well, that's – yeah, well, and, that's – so to your point, you made a comment about, uh, you know, 80% of the guys not pulling their car into the shop. Yes. Yes. I can't do anything about those 80%. What I can do ah. is I can work with those other 20. Gotcha. I can and work you, with those right. 20. You're right. Because guess what? Because guess what? You know, homeboy, that, homeboy that's a member of the 20%, if he's one of the 20 percenters, you know, and his car is running straight, you know, he's waxed up, he's clean, he's shining, he pulls up at the light. And then an 80 percenter pulls up and his stuff is, you know, raggedy and clanking. And, you know, he got the windows down because the heat don't work. And he like, hey, bro, like, you know, what's up? Like, we got the exact same car, exact same model, but yours looks better than mine. Why is yours running so good? Oh, I took mm. mine down to the shop. Pro husband. So here's the thing. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I pro-husbandized my ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, uh, but uh, yeah, but I so, guess my point ahead. is you're you're exactly right. But I guess what I'm saying is that mm-hmm. I'm tired of working with just twenty percent because of the value and what pro husband does and stuff like it does. It should be more because the thing is that I'm sure you're aware. Your wife is probably well aware of how much time and effort you put in it. And you're still new. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, you, you're about a year or two into it. You know, when you got a decade of this behind your belt, you're like, uh, uh, I don't know if 20. I mean, it's, I, I guess I'll just speak for me. You know, 20% is not yeah. good enough for me a decade later. It's not. You know, I have other better things to do. Gave, you know, ample, plenty of opportunities for brothers to pull their car into the shop. Um and, and sacrifice my time, our time, you know, it's like, no, 20% is not cutting it. That's the, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just being contrarian tonight. I don't mean to hog the mic. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. So <laughs> oh, Mike, uh, oh, yeah. oh, Mike, that's, <laughs> your, that's your experience. Hey, that's hey, so no Mike. You're entitled to it. <laughs> yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are, you are the me in our trio of the married men don't talk. So okay. I look at it. <laughs> Last half <laughs> all the time. And, and you Rodney, there with us when we started. 
Right. He I wasn't deep. there when they started, but it got better when I yeah. joined. But the point is... That's facts. Talking facts, right? You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, yeah, you're talking facts, bro. You're talking facts. Okay, let's see to the facts now. Now, yeah. when, it was, when the momentum was shifting, Rodney took that approach, and it kind of, you know, if you, if you go against the grain long enough, Somebody gonna give in, you know. You got one in the middle that's mm-hmm. kind of like, hey, I don't know which one to, you know. I'm and, and I'm 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 putting all my eggs in, you know. The intro song, I paid for the intro song, you know. I was like, look, let's do this, let's do that, and now I'm like, let's let's go with H U R. I'm the kind of person, even if the numbers are low, if you get one more tomorrow, you're doing great. You yeah. see, if if you say no. We still negotiating. That's how I think. Rodney say, yeah, exactly. look, the numbers don't lie, and I'm only <laughs> going to give it two seconds. If it don't yep. change, yeah. it's a wrap. I'm out. I'm yeah. out. Right. So, yeah, I'm out. And it's hard to work. It's hard to work in, in, in those dynamics because he, he's a Rodney is a very intricate part of the team. Without the things that he do, the car ain't moving. Because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, me me and Tony didn't have the, the, the capacity that he had, you know, because he, yeah. he can stay at home and he, he was doing some devastating things, some outstanding things. But when you yeah. take those outstanding things away, it becomes disastrous. So now yeah. we all fall because Rodney ain't doing it no more because Rodney tired and the numbers ain't matching up for Rodney. But you <laughs> are a man that's on this thing by yourself and you yeah, see the tracks. So if your twenty percent go to twenty one percent, that's an, that's good enough to keep you in the game to go another mile. And if that twenty one percent, because I'm 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 the same way you are. If one person do something great, if one person stay, one more person stay married, and and another person come to me and start asking me questions about what they heard the other guys talking about, we winning. I'm not looking at numbers. I'm looking at this one plus or this plus. <laughs> Rodney said, hey, I'm done. <laughs> so, mm. so I mean, man, that's a question real quick. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go ahead, son. No, I was just going to say, because um, my thing is about, well, okay, because like to Rodney, like, what about the impact, though? You know what I'm saying? Because numbers tell a story. But once again, the impact to me could be a lot bigger than the numbers. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, well, number-wise, it's 20%. But say, hey, listen, I got the twenty the twenty percent that's that's activated are, are reaching their twenty percent. Every twenty is reaching another twenty. You know what I'm saying? So it's like spread like wildfire instead of saying, okay, well it's climbing slowly. I'm just saying I'm just saying let's go back to the impact of what we're doing instead of just looking at the numbers. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I mean I think that uh like I say, it's all all of it is important. You know, I think uh anybody who's done anything great didn't do it by themselves. You know, and so, you know, it's important that you have your team together. It's important that you guys continue to work together. Uh, you know, I'm I'm on my own right now, but I have uh, I have no sense that it's going to stay like that. I know that it, it is if I, if I keep staying diligent, like the right partnerships will come along at the right time. You know, and I've tried to reach out to some folks and, and uh, you know, things didn't line up and didn't shake up. You know, even even though I wanted them, you know, very badly to work out, but what I realized, is that that wasn't the right partnership for me, and that's why it didn't work, you know. But that doesn't mean that I give up. That doesn't mean that 
I stop, uh, you know, that I stop uh, pushing or whatever. Right. That just means mm-hmm. that because even find even getting a no is valuable because like what I've, what I've learned how to, uh, you know, in the process of getting thick skin over the last several years is what I know is that, look, not everybody's my customer. So mm-hmm. if I present, if mm-hmm. I present, some, if I present pro husband to you, like, man, you know what? That's whack. You know, me, you know, me and wifey, we good. You know, we ain't got no problems. All right. Well, cool, man. Please take my card anyway. Right now, you're not my customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, but I have, but I have a, too. but I have a partner. I had a partner, and I and I'll share this with you right quick, and then, and then mm-hmm. I don't want you mm-hmm. to say what you was gonna yep. say. I got a partner yep. of mine here. He's a landscaper, and he's, uh, he's a little bit younger than me, but I respect him a lot because he, you know, started with two shovels in in an old broken down uh, pickup truck landscape. And his brother from West Tennessee. And uh, and he's been at it for ten years now. Now this brother's got like he's doing a million and a half worth of business every year, you know, just because mm-hmm. he stayed diligent. And so me, so my relationship with him is iron sharp and iron. But I bring that up just to give you some background to a phrase that he gave me. And he says, "Look, Mike," he says, "It's not about who knows you; it's about who knows you when they need you." Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it's important mm-hmm. for you guys to keep doing what you're doing because you may have somebody out here who's been listening to y'all for 10 years and said, you know what? Yeah, that's cool. I'm enjoying it. It's entertainment and everything. But all of a sudden in the last six months, things been getting kind of hairy in the house or whatever. I feel like now I need, like I'm to the point now where I got to admit to myself, I can't do this by myself. I need to reach out for help. Well, now I'm listening to this podcast and these guys are talking some real stuff or they can point me to some resources or whatever. So, I mean, so the thing is, like, it's the, the, there is value just in continuing to exist, if that makes sense. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue to exist. Um, yeah. Just the, you know, new new stuff won't continue to exist. Yeah. But I want to, um, you know, one thing you said, you reached out to people, you know, about potential yeah. partnerships. And I'll mm-hmm. say that was your mistake. You know, you don't yeah. want to reach out to people because, you know, people will reach out to you and that's how you know it's genuine and it's real versus, Absolutely. oh, well, Michael yeah. reached out to me and I think I should join his team. Whereas I joined, you know, Tony, he's not here tonight. He's celebrating his birthday party, birthday this week. But um, he started by himself and then I came two months later and then Darren came five years later. <clears throat> um, so, and that was how the team put together. But, you know, Tony didn't reach out, you know, to me. I reached out to him. Tony didn't reach out to yeah. Darren. Darren reached out to him. I mean, it was kind of like a, it was like a, a nice little marriage. But I want to drop a monkey wrench going back to your, uh, your, your saying about know your audience and who who is pro husband's target audience and what I mean by that. Obviously, your product can help you know any man, um, anybody any demographic. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we know that. But when I want to, I want us to get down to the brass tacks and, and get real specific as far as um, age and race. So who would you say is um, the target um, market and, and uh, gender potentially, you know, um, for your product? So who, who, who yeah. would that, uh, what would that makeup look like as far as like you see a person that fits this description, age, race, and gender, what would that look like? Well, it's interesting. I mean, there's only so so far you can drill into that. I mean, going back to our conversation about the data, but I mean, if you had to put it in a box, I mean, the age range is probably going to be about 25 to 40. Uh, there is no specific race. Uh, you know, I'm African American male. You know, I, while this is open to anybody, you know, in any community, I hope to have the most impact within my own community because I feel like we have the most to gain. 
you know, from this. Uh, and then also the uh, as far as like education level, I mean, it's more likely going to be, um, you know, college educated and and above. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we we uh, uh, maybe a few years ago we were actually able to put our target audience in a box, and yeah. that that box makes up seventy five to eighty percent of the folks who listen to this, and that is mm-hmm. a black woman between the ages of 35 and 44 that is either divorced and wants to get remarried one day in the future or a black woman, 35 to 44 that's never been married. Mm -hmm. So those are the two, you know, those are the two people that would potentially be the folks who are uh, intrigued by what we offer here. But um, happily married women. Nope. You know, um, Single women that are just dating, nope. You know that, that you <laughs> yeah. know. I mean, women that women that are divorced but never want to get married again, nope. And obviously, you have yeah. different layers in that, but we're able to be real specific and you know really pinpoint you know who our audience you know was, and that that was critical for us. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that you know it's it's good that you know you have some uh, some semblance, um, and you'll see that you know the number and again. Numbers will tell you a story, man. You just got to give it some time. And we have a lot of data points that we can pull from, like all from all different places. We have so many data yeah. points, it's ridiculous. But the one thing that all the data shows us is, is it tells the same story. You know, so it's not like this data point is telling us one thing and this one's telling us another thing. It's like yeah. all, of our, all of the data points, you know, are telling us that um, – Specific and and it's a cultural barrier too because obviously this is open to everyone just like pro husband but it's a cultural uh, barrier because non black men don't necessarily yeah. feel welcome to come over and join us even though they are welcome you know or any man you know uh, for that matter mm-hmm. so married or not so it's um they gotta you know take that plunge but it's like most people is like what what is married men don't talk like what do y'all they don't even know what it is, and then there's no intrigue, there's no mystique to find out. So, yeah, and so I think that just—I mean—that's just, I mean, just got to come with just engagement, you know, and just drawing your circle wide enough to include everybody. You know, you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, you know, we can't be satisfied with just going to, you know, black churches. You know, we can't be satisfied with just going to, you know, black, uh, you know, brunches and stuff like that. It's like we have to engage everybody, you know, so, I mean, I, I do my best never to meet a stranger. I mean, I've met people who were uh, interested in what I'm doing, sitting in the line at the bank, sitting in line at Chipotle, sitting at Target, or, you know, at a, uh, at the dealership waiting on my, get my oil changed, you know, I'll strike up a Mm -hmm. conversation with anybody. And so that's what I'm saying is that I'm having a much different experience uh, than, um, than, than what you're sharing there. And, um, but I think primarily because the proof is in the pudding. Like it's, it's one thing just to have the conversation. The conversations are important. You know that that sort of gets you lined up. You know that that can point you to a possibility. But where I found the gap, you know, in the in in the reason that I developed the online program was that there's the big question mark of how how do I do this? You know, once we get off the air, if somebody's got a, uh, if somebody wants to jump into action right now, it's like, what do we have tangible that can put them in motion like right away? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's mm-hmm. and that and that's what that's the uh, and so that's the posture that I took with uh, 
you know, with pro husband is that I want anybody to be able to listen to my podcast or, you know, listen to you guys podcast and go to prohusband.net and you know, look at the material, go ahead and, and, uh, you know, get the membership and start diving into the content because it's all battle tested. I mean, it's, it's, you know, this ain't stuff that I just pulled out of my butt. Like this is stuff that, uh, is based off my own experiences and, you know, I cross-referenced it with, the, uh, you know, common experiences of, of most married men, you know, regardless of their economic background, their religious background, their, uh, you know, or the racial, you know, makeup, you know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. black men, white men, Chinese men, all of us are going home, <laughs> you know, potentially to a wife who is not, you know, happy with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why and I wanted so, to add, let me just say this right quick, guys. Let me add right quick, Mike, it's good hearing you and, and listening to the things you're saying. Um, but earlier when you were talking about, you know, how you came about to writing your book and everything, and mm-hmm. um, I found out T-Hawk not here, I realized, because I, I got to thinking about him, he would say some of it sound textbook, you know, but I said that to say, <laughs> you know, you were saying doing all the things you can do, you know, uh, but it, within a marriage, when you are married, you know, it, it takes two, you know. Uh, she's got to be willing mm-hmm. to do her part, you know, what it is. And then as a man, you can – you know, almost perfect yourself and be on point and everything. But if your spouse is not, you know, in that same mindset and trying to make that same uh, transition or be on that same goal or that same wavelength that you want or whatever it is, you know, then you're going to find yourself, you know, like throwing a ball against the wall, you know, throwing a ball against the wall. Uh, when you're talking about the fireman, you know, your analogy about mm-hmm. the fireman, you know, I remember when I was married, I'm divorced. When I was married, it was like that. You know, my wife, she'd go out and do things yeah. and, you know, set these fires. And here I come with my truck and my fire hose, you know, and I was always yeah. rescuing her, you know. And, yeah. I, you know, I kind of got tired of being in that position. You know, we had conversations about mm-hmm. that. You know, look, you know, and so, again, I said that to say, you know, hearing what you're saying, I like that. You know, it's all well and good, and it helps, especially as men. You know, when you find yourself being married, and then I think sometimes when we when we do get married, at the very beginning, it's oh baby, you the best thing. You know, you answer to my life, and you the best thing since yeah. sliced bread, and we gonna be together forever. You know, and this, that, and other. And then when you run into a few problems or something down the road, you know, then all of a sudden uh, we panic and we don't know what to do, or we get mad, we get upset with one another. You know, and then it may lead to divorce or at least to a bad marriage, whatever it does. You just go yeah. through the problem, but that's when we need to come together even more so, you know, when it is a problem or when we do go through a situation instead of uh, going against one another, you know, or, you know, I'm going to take my corner, you take your corner. No, we got to come together even more when we are going through a problem. Yep. Yeah, and so I think that, you know, so one thing we hadn't delved, delved into, I mean, I think it's, uh, and I shared this with the, um, uh, when I was on the uh, Fab Wives program, uh what what I what I see as a major opportunity for us as men is that there are some connections that we haven't made as far as what women actually need from us, you know, because like we said earlier, you know, if you're just completely reactionary, then there's a lot of things that are going on sort of behind the scenes that you're not aware of because we don't talk mm-hmm. about this stuff. Like if you think about it, like, you know, one of the other things I said was that, you know, whenever you get ready to get married, it's equivalent to you sitting up, you know, being up late at night, you know, two o'clock in the morning, watching one of them uh, infomercials, and they got the little Abomatic 2000 or whatever, and you like, <laughs> and it just hits you. You be like, you know what? I need to start working out. I'm gonna go ahead and order that Abomatic. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna get two. 
<laughs> I'll, I'll keep mm-hmm. one in the office and the other one at home. You know, it mm-hmm. just hits you on it. You could be with somebody. That's how we got these brothers that will be with a woman eight years, ten years, you know, and everything's on cruise control. And then one day he's like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and, and just marry them. You know, so we don't, there's not, there's no period of time where we're talking about relationships, you know, unless we just, you know, complaining about them. However, our peers, our wives, they are discussing these situations, these scenarios much, much earlier in life and with much greater frequency. So they have a, a, a broader uh, body of knowledge, if you will. I'll, I'll go, I'll also add this as a, uh, as a disclaimer. A lot of it can be misinformed as well. Because mm-hmm. they have they have they have figured out how I want my life and how I want my husband to be, and right. they've got all this stuff planned out, but nobody asked you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it's like what Chris, like what Chris Rock said in one of his specials. I guess it was a couple of specials ago, the years back. But he was saying he's like, yeah, fellas, she's got everything planned out. The only thing that's missing is you. You know, yeah. and so oh, yeah. and so I said the uh, and, and so you know one of the things I always tell people is that. You know, my wife was uh, vehemently against marriage. Like, her parents got divorced, and so she just did not see marriage as an option for her life. You know, but, you know, lightning, you know, lightning struck, you know, we fell in love. And, uh, you know, and at that point, she started to see the uh, the possibilities of, of starting a life together. You know, now, I'm sure at some point in there, she was like, you know what, it'd be nice to have a man in my life. It would be nice to have a husband. But you mm. know what? She didn't get a man. She didn't get a husband. You know what she got? She got Michael. Mm. And so that's the and so that's one of the things that I'm challenging people with this program and in my workshops is to look. We have to think bigger and broader than just being just men. Because if we ask, if I ask you what's your role as a husband, I'm gonna get two answers. They're gonna be like, oh, well, provide and protect. All right, well, I'm gonna mm-hmm. hit you with a follow up question. Provide and protect what? Well, then that's when I start get. That's when I start hearing the crickets. And so I say all that to say that what I have found, and, and it's the baseline, it's the, uh, it's the ground, it's the foundation for my program, are what I call the five fundamentals of security. And so mm. here's the secret sauce. What women need, all women's concerns boil down to two things, that's safety and security. Mm. And so we, don't, we have not made the connection because nobody has talked to us about this. We have not made the connection about how the way we govern ourselves, the choices we make uh, or the choices we don't make, you know, how we interact with them, you know, when we're with them, how we interact without them. I mean, when we're not with them, all those things have an impact somewhere down the line on their safety and security. So I took the pro, so I took that observation and I put it into five buckets. So the first one is physical security. What your wife is going to want to know is, is my body safe with you in public and in private? Mm-hmm. Because see, most of us will buck up and we'll say, "Oh yeah, like if I'm out at you know out at the mall or out in the public, and some dude comes and you know smacks my wife on the butt or whatever, you know I'm ready to put hands on him." Yeah, I got that for him. Mm-hmm. But when you're at home, you know, and your boss handed your butt handed your butt to you that day, and you come home and you got static on you and everything, and you ready to just flip a table over, is she safe with you in that moment? Mm-hmm. We don't think about that. So that's physical security. The second one is emotional security. Can she be vulnerable with you? So if she needs to come to you and just break, she needs to, you know, just express a problem to you, 
can you be that umbrella and cover her and allow her to be vulnerable, allow her to cry, allow her to be unreasonable, allow her to talk crazy or whatever, and, and let her get that off of her without trying to fix it or without trying to write her off or, you know, uh, discount what discount her experience. So that's the emotional security. Number three is, is financial security. So that's obvious, you know, are, you know, are our resources safe with you? So if you got kids and the kids got, you know, uh, registration fees, you know, they're playing football, you got to go buy pads and shoes and all this stuff. Does it make sense for you to come home with two pairs, two pairs of air force ones and a new PS4? And you ain't told her about it. Then when she cut that check for the registration fees, the check bounced. That don't make no sense. <laughs> so then the uh, so then the fourth one is spiritual security. If you got a spiritual component in your relationship, can you lead us in our respective faith? And then the last one is personal security. Is who I am, warts and all, okay with you? So the fact that she's a little chatty, the fact that maybe she can be a little lazy, the fact that maybe she's a little disorganized, or the fact that she got a short wick and tends to get jazzy about the mouth or whatever, in the big scheme of things, are all those things okay with you? And so if what I found in my relationship, what my uh, members are finding in their relationships is that if the answer to those five things are yes, that fundamentally changes the atmosphere in your relationship. It changes the opportunities for y'all to connect. She feels like, uh, you know, the walls can come down because she feels like she's safe. And so that's where we're missing the opportunities. Like, yeah, we see all the problems that you were using the word uh, textbook. Yeah, we see all Mm -hmm. those things out there like they're stars in the sky, but we don't see how to connect all those dots together and see the image that they create when we do create that. Right. And then also what you were saying, you know, the five things you just pointed out, I, I, I believe in that. I'm with you on that. But also as a you know as a man as a father as a husband, when you are doing those things, you know you want some type of feedback, you know, and, and not just yeah. a at a boy and a pat on the back, you know, but the feedback, you know, and the, uh, you kind of get something out of it, you know. I'm providing for my family, I'm doing for my family also, but again, you know, the family has to have some type of uh, support for dad, you know, support for husband exactly. as well, you know, because like you yeah. say, if you coming home, you know, you had a kind of bad day at the office or whatever it is, you know, and then everybody just coming, uh, dad, I need $20 for this, um, you know, uh, wife, hey, I need some new shoes, I need this, I need, you know, everybody coming at you like that, and that's mm-hmm. fine, daddy, you're doing what you're supposed to do, but, you know, can I get a minute, you know, can I get my head together and realize I'm at home now, you know, and kind of come out that mode from dealing with the world and come back into my mom yeah. dealing with my family and my spouse and all that. So I think, you know, what I'm saying is that, you know, in some respects as well, you know, if man's doing what he's supposed to be doing, you know, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with all that, but again, he needs some type of mechanism or something in place for him as well. But you know, you know, so, something but, else, Mike, go ahead. you know, something else, you, all the things that you mentioned, you said, can I deal with this when she's like that? Can I deal with that? Can I deal with her being a little lazy? Can I be? Can I mm-hmm. deal with her, you know, nagging all the time? All of those things that you're, you you stated, that's not who we married because if they were doing all those things before we got married to them, it would have been a lot of second thoughts. So we have yeah. a show mm-hmm. called Marrying the Representative. And yeah. A lot of those things that you stated, we don't find all those things out until after we're we're 
two years in, three years in, you know, we find out that she don't like to cook or she burn everything on purpose. <laughs> yeah. We find so out all asking, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. I mean, I, I, it's like you fixing something or you backwards engineering something that wasn't supposed to be broken when you when you got it. Um, it's like you taking the, your car to the shop and it's brand new and it don't need it don't need fixing until you come out of the candy shop and he tell you you got all these problems. Say, like, wait a minute, I just yeah. bought this thing off the lot. It's got three miles on it. What do you mean there's yeah. something wrong with it? You know, <laughs> did you did you mess it up? Because and, yeah. and that's the time we get that when we marry these women under the pretenses that we're dating somebody who we're going to be married to, and then after we get married, they're not that person. Well, so exactly. is that and I think to work around that or try to fix that or try to say you're a bad person because you don't want to deal with that, that new thing that you didn't have to deal with when you were dating? Yeah, no, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's unfair to feel like that. But I mean, I think that you know when we when we marry somebody, we're we're marrying all of them, you know, whether you know that stuff is there or not. I mean, I think that that's one of the that's one of the sad things about sort of the the uh, the uh, was it the disappearance of courtship, if you will, in our society. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people who get, who have gotten into these relationships way too early. They they just hop in, they hit the gas. And they're going because for us, for most guys, like when we marry somebody, like we're marrying them for the now. Like that's what we're, that's what we're committing to. We're like, okay, this is cool. Like we can go to the comedy show. You know, we, uh, you know, we have good sex. We, uh, you know, my mama like her, you know, my nieces like her, you know, we have a good time and, and she's cool. You know, she, she don't bother me while the game is on. That's what we're signing up for. Right. But the right. problem is, but the problem is, is that with women, there's what I call a quiet shift. And I, I'll talk to the fat wives about this. And no woman has ever despite, disputed me on this. Like they can't talk me down off of this because they know I'm right. There's a quiet <laughs> shift. There's a quiet shift in expectation. So, you know, it's easy to be a boyfriend because the buckets that you, that you need to hit, if you will, the, um, you know, those buckets are very easy to hit. It's like y'all remember the uh, the Bozo the Clown show? Like, I'm dating myself with this mm-hmm. reference, but y'all mm-hmm. remember the uh, grand prize game where you just, the little kid, all he had to do was just drop the ball in the bucket. But the bucket was right there at his feet, right? So how the hell could he miss? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you got, and so he'd have like four or five buckets in front of him. So he reach out, dropping, the, you know, hit one, two, three, four, five. It wasn't that hard. That's what being a boyfriend is like. But then whenever you put that ring on their finger, then it's like the stage explodes up. Now it turns into Texas Stadium, and there's buckets all over the place. Mm-hmm. And the expectation, and the expectation is that here's your bucket of balls. Go ahead and get to, uh, you know, you know. I, I need you to start shooting and start, you know, sinking those, uh, those shots. And mm-hmm. so that's where that's where we get caught off guard and everything. And it's not our fault. You know, it's an opportunity for us to to do better at asking more questions, like not getting so caught up in the uh, in the warm and fuzzies. You know, give yourself some time to fill each other out. You know, travel, put yourself in different different scenarios, and figure out who you know who each other are. But that's why mm-hmm. I, you know, I was telling women, I said, women, this is like this is y'all's bag right here. I was like, because a lot of y'all will do this. You'll have these expectations. You haven't said anything. You haven't set any. Uh, parameters or whatever and then you drop all this stuff on there and so uh you know they will say 
oh, well, I shouldn't have to tell him to do this, or I, you know, he should know how to do X, Y, or Z. And so I asked the lady, just plain and simple, where, did, where was he supposed to get that information? Mm-hmm. Because according to my according to my uh, my research, there is no uh, there is no universal husband academy. So I don't know if y'all think that you know once guys get out of college, you know they get ran through a a six month you know spousal uh, advancement course <laughs> or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's like we don't get that information, and so that's the problem. That's why a lot of marriages start off really hard. You know, mine my my marriage also included is because you have a clash of people who have, uh, like us, we have no idea what to expect. And then on the other side, we collide with people who have unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, can I ask you a question? Looking... Go ahead, please. Go ahead. Okay. Do, do, you, do you think men should marry for love? Do, do you think love is I, – cause I, I, to, to me personally, I think we, we get more of their emotion than they do because I think men – Men are looking for the companionship, and we're looking for yeah. the camaraderie. She, to me, is more looking for the resources. And like you said, the the yeah. it's like, so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, I'm marrying for the, like you said, for the here and now and how this person makes you feel, da, da, da. And she's looking at the resources and the safety and like you were saying. So do you think men should, should, should marry for love, if that makes sense? I don't think you should fight it. I mean, I think that you like, I think that's part of it. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I don't think that you have to either marry for love or marry for resources, you know, because that, that can go the other way, particularly now. I mean, with a lot of women being the, you know, bringing the bigger slice of bacon home, you know, Mm -hmm. it'd be very easy to say, okay, well, I'm just going to go with her because she got this and she got that and everything. But that's a bad model in my opinion. You know, ultimately you should marry somebody that, you can have a strong friendship and a strong partnership with because love is great. But I mean, anybody who's been married for a while, you know, that at some point love is just not even a factor. Like we've got to figure out how we're going to build this life. I mean, we were talking earlier about, you know, getting the kids through college and everything. Love is not an equation. It's not a factor in that equation. You know, it's a, it's a math, (laughs) it's a math question. You know, when it comes down mm-hmm. to figure out how how to pay for it. So at the end of the day, that's why I said I think that's why courtship, you know, we've got to bring it back, you know, in any form that we can because you have to figure out, all right, look, like what are we really asking of each other when we marry? Like I'm asking you to jump in with both feet. I, I need all of your money. I need your time. I need your emotional energy. I need your spiritual energy, you know, and uh, – you know, and I need your your love and affection. Like I need all of those things. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're willing to offer up those same things, if we have a vision for what our life is going to be, like that's the other important thing is that we have to set a vision. When like, why are you marrying this woman? If you're marrying her just for the now, because this feels good right now, and you don't have a vision for five years, ten years, fifteen years, well then you're setting yourself up for failure because there's a lot of things that you that you're not accounting for. Mm-hmm. So Can I ask one question? Yeah, I think also that's why a lot of people don't understand this lifetime commitment. I think when yeah. we talk about lifetime, we don't see, you know, kind of like the end of the road, if you will. You know, we just see the right now, what's happening, but the long term of it all, you know, he used yeah. the word lifetime, it seemed like long, but the long run of it all, and what you're just saying, the here and now, what's going on now, or the immediate good feeling, and then if that run out 
in a short time, you know, it might not run out that, you know, it might take a little while to run out or whatever. Uh, but also yeah. what you said earlier about, you know, women knowing what they want. You know, when women was young, when they were young girls, they had their hope chest and they knew they wanted to have yeah. three kids and all that. And like you say, all it was missing was the man, you know, putting all that in there. And like you say, you know, women, what they, they can't argue me down on these. I tell women a lot of times, I always hear them talking about a man supposed to do this, a man supposed to do this. But I have yet to hear a woman say, what a woman supposed to do? They don't give a definition of what they're supposed to do, but they know everything that yeah. the man's supposed to do. I know the brother well, that question. Yeah, good. Oh, no, no, no. I was, I was saying about uh, as far as about, about a man's purpose. I, do you think that men should be uh, – should marry – you think men should be fulfilling their purpose first uh, before getting married? Because I know – like myself, it was like, you know, I was kind of getting myself together. Then I got married. Then, you know, then in the marriage, I kind of found myself and, and now I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z. But do you think brothers should yeah. be, should have a sense of at least going in the direction of where you want to go? So when she comes into the picture, it's kind of, it's, it's not like we're just winging it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, yeah, listen, exactly. this is, this, this is where I kind of, this is where I kind of see myself going. This is where I kind of headed. And so if you come yeah. into the equation, can you, can you help me? Uh, build this thing or like kind of what I did. It's like, okay, I kind of, I kind of figured it out. You know, it kind of came to me when Mm -hmm. I got married and, you know, I I kind of wish, uh, I kind of had that purpose. I was walking in that purpose before I married her because maybe the transition wouldn't have been so bad, but you know, I'm just saying the two brothers need to be fulfilling their own purpose because what, 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 I'm not going to mean talking about, but what what I see happen is a lot of guys have dreams and purpose and visions but the thing is, they push it to the backside. So you'll mm, yeah. you'll do this for the family. You do that for the family. My son got to do this. My daughter, yeah. my wife, and your dreams never come true. So it's like forty years down the road, uh, you had this dream back forty years ago. Then it's like, oh, okay, well, 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 hey, your son needs to go to college, and your daughter needs to go to dance class. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm just saying, what about us? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so no, I, mean, I, I think that's a great question. I'm glad you uh, put that out there because at the end of the day, like if you're gonna marry somebody, like they need to, like that's valuable information. Like she needs to know. Let's just say you know, if you wanted to, you know, if one of your passions, like if you're passionate about food, and you say, you know what, at some point I want to, you know, take this monkey suit off, you know, you know, give him this uniform back, and I want to do a, um, I want to, you know, start a food truck or whatever. You know, I want to do gumbo to go or something like that. Let's just say that's what you wanted to do. Like, that's that's the thing that would make you light up every day, you know. Like, she needs to know that, that that is in the – like, that's on your uh, schedule of things to do with your life because if she's the right one for you, then she's going to – she should be able to support you in that and say, okay, well, look, let's sit down and come up with a plan because it all is going to keep coming back to what is your vision for your life. I think that's a fundamental thing as a man that you have to figure out is what is it that you want to do with your life. Because when you get a good woman, she's going to she's gonna call you to the carpet on that anyway. You know, when they start talking about that five-year plan, they want to know what is it that you're planning to do. Because if you don't have a plan and she does, well, guess what? Plan versus no plan, plan is, is going to win every time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care how big and bad you think you are or how, you know, how alpha you think you are. You know, a plan is always going to win. It's like the... You know, like the Patriots, you know, playing a lot of their opponents and everything. They sit back and let you do what you're going to do. They figure you out, and then they sit up there and just methodically just five-yard out route here, crossing route here, and next thing you know, you look up three minutes later, you down 21 points. You're like, man, what in the hell just happened? 
<laughs> they had a plan for you, mm. you know, and that's what happens <laughs> in our marriage a lot of times. You know, you don't, you know, it's not a series of long bombs. It's them little five-yard out routes and the little hook routes and, you know, the, the mm-hmm. dive plays, it's all orchestrated, but every play has a reason. And so as a man, you've got to know what direction you're going because it's important because if you meet a woman and you get distracted from your plan or your vision for yourself, that's when you can put yourself in a, in a tight spot. Cause let's say that that food truck is your baby. Right. And you've been saving some money and then you meet this chick and you're like, man, okay. She's like, like, I think this is wifey. Like, I think, you know, I can ride off into the sunset with her. Well, if you start abandoning your, your plan, if you stop putting time in, you stop working on that business plan, you stop researching vehicles and recipes and all this stuff. And you start spending your treasure on entertaining her. Well, then guess what? What you, have, what you have indirectly said is that I'm here to entertain you instead of saying, hey, this is the direction I'm going. And if this is going to be uh, a long-term deal, like this has got to be part of the equation. You have to understand that this is part of uh, this is this is what you're getting with me. Like this is part of the package deal mm-hmm. that answers your question. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, also, you know, when you talk about women and going through it, you know, some, some men can meet a woman and she sees this man's, you know, like a better word, potential or whatever she likes about him, mm-hmm. he likes about her. And if he going through something at that moment, you know, she might have a vision and say, hey, he ain't always going to be right here. He's moving towards something. Exactly. You know? Even in the fact where you got guys, you know, when they going through medical school, you know, I mean, I, I like the woman who was with that guy when he was going through medical school versus the woman yeah. who met him mm-hmm. after he already became a doctor five years later down the road. Now he making good money, <laughs> you know. Uh, exactly. You stick with him, <laughs> you know. So <clears throat> some women do see that in men, you know, or whatever it is. Uh, you know, you well, can be going through something. You're on your way to something better. Yeah, well, let me let me offer something to that. You know, the same way that I said that, guys, when we propose for, uh, for the right now, like that's what we're trying to lock down a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When women when women say yes, they're not saying yes to you right now. They're saying yes to who they see you becoming. Mm. And so the pro and so the problem is is that that's why a man who has no vision, he doesn't see where he's going for himself. A good woman will look at you and say she'll see all that raw material and say, oh okay, if he just did this, if he just did that, like he'd be, you know, he'd uh, you know he'd be crushing it out here. And everything, and that's where we get a rub down the line is because she sees your potential, and then when she starts trying to hold you accountable to your best self and you're fighting it and everything, then that's when all the rub starts coming in, you know. And depending on the type of woman you got, if she's like, okay, well, if this dude, you know, uh, you know, based on how he's rolling, like he's not putting me, giving me the opportunity to become a kingmaker, you know, so I'm just gonna end up being a king breaker. Hmm. Yeah, so, that's yeah, and so at the end of the day, but like I said, at the end of the day, you know, we as men, we have to go first. That's what pro-husband is about. We have to go first. We have to be able to show and prove and demonstrate to our wives that, yes, I can protect you physically. Yes, your body's safe with me. Your, uh, you know, we can. I can create a ring of safety around you so that you can go on to do a very beautiful thing in my life. And when mm-hmm. you can do that, like that's a new possibility. And so to me, like, that's why I don't get frustrated with the, um, you know, we were talking about numbers and slow progress and all this stuff. I'm not even worried about that because I'm, I'm fully aware that this is something that's new. This is a new concept. 
you know, as far as being able to make all these connections and everything. And so that's what I'm saying. I'm having a different experience in the field with these cats that are getting the information that we're talking about now. And they've got something tangible that they can hold in their hands and say, oh, okay, if, you know, one plus one equals two. And then I go home and then I start doing the math in my own home and like, oh, crap, I was getting 0.5, but now I'm getting two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now that's a win. And the only thing a brother likes more than one win is two wins, right? Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now guess what? If I'm if I start winning at home, that has ripple effects through everywhere else I go. You know, I'm not looking at Big Booty Judy at work anymore. Why? Because I'm because you know we good at the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not looking for reasons not to go home. I can't wait to get home now because wifey's at the house. You know, the kids are there. You know, I got peace at the house. I, I'm ready to leave this turmoil. I can't wait to get back home because that's where my peace is at. Mm-hmm. But to me. As men, we can't until we until we get those five fundamentals under control. We can't realistically stand up and bark at women and tell them to fall back, just because. Until we can provide that safety and security, I've seen it in my own home. I've seen it with the guys that I'm working with. You nail those five fundamentals of security, then you now have the uh, now you you now have credibility in their eyes. Because they can't sit up here and look at a man who's doing all that stuff and checking off all these boxes and say, okay, well, I'm not going to do anything for him. If she does, then here again, that's her opportunity and not yours. You've got nothing to feel sad about because you're doing your part. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, and, you, and that's a much different conversation because you can say, hey, look, check my resume. Look at my track record. Like I'm, I'm, I'm firing on all cylinders here. I'm batting a thousand. So now there's really nothing else to talk about except you. So mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm firing off on cylinders and you've got these opportunities and you still can't seem to get yourself together or you don't want to get on board or you don't want to try to meet me, you know, on this same plane or whatever, that's another conversation to have. Right. And is your program all men that come to the workshops or is it husband and wife or So I so I've got I've I've basically I've I've had work with men in all stages of relationship. I had a single guy pop up to one of my workshops because he was basically tired of doing the tender thing. Right. <laughs> he was mm-hmm. like, man, he's like, mm-hmm. I, he's like, this is, he's like, this is, he's like, man, it's just insane out here. He's like, it's all this smoke and mirrors. I can't figure none of this stuff out or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, man, you in the matrix for sure. You know, I mean, and it's hard to get around it because it's just so pervasive. You know I mean? It's got its hooks in just about everybody. I said, but here's what I can tell you. At the end of the day, this information, like you're going to, there's a, there's going to come a moment where you're going to have to pull from this. And what I tell single guys is that, look, once you become a boyfriend, whether you realize it or not, you're on the husband track until you're not. Right. You don't so have no- as long as you're, yeah, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do, as long as you're showing up and you're proving that she can trust in you and everything, you're on the husband track. You know, until you have one night, one bad night out with your boys or whatever, and <laughs> you make a bad choice, or you know, mm-hmm. or you you know, doing about face on her. Oh, well, then then she gonna show you the offering. Hmm. You know, so to me, that's what I tell guys, like single guys. I'm like, look, I say, like, y'all stand to make a killing if y'all can get this in your repertoire early, because if because when you can find a woman that you uh, you know that makes you light up, that you say, okay, look, this has got wifey written all over it you are better prepared to be better for her sooner in the relationship. And then guess what? 
you don't have to be like some of us to where things don't smooth out till year eight or year 10 or year 15. You know, it's like that, that's one of the bad raps about marriage is like any single guy who looks at that and says, oh, so I got to go through hell for 10 years before things smooth out? Well, no, I'm good. I'm extra good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to plug my phone up and keep tenderizing. <laughs> huh? <laughs> and that's when the Mick Cow guys come in. Remember those guys, Rodney? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say they, they got the Mick Cow. They got the, it's called men going their own way. That's what it stood for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go your own way, yep. all right. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, is that not so, they on a short loop? <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. So, so why does your program work? Is it does it work because you're just talking to all men? Because you know we incorporated um, the, the 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 Fab Wives, you know, to mm-hmm. to come in onto our program, and um, they got their own program, and they they speak from a different perspective. But but what what makes yours work? Why does your program work? What? Well, like I said earlier, you know, I have I have figured out a way to answer the how. Mm-hmm. And how do how do we connect? Because what women want, they want to be able to connect with us. You know, but they can't connect with us if they're scared, if they're anxious, if they're stressed out, if they're angry. Like we we don't have access to each other when those walls are up, right? Right. right. So mm-hmm. the five fundament the five fundamentals will bring those walls down and allow you to connect. And so it works because, I mean, you know, guys get a bad rap for, like, if you get an entertainment center, we get a bad rap of just looking at the box and not reading the directions. You're right. Sure. You know, but then, you know, and then <laughs> we get done, we got we got seven screws and a shelf left. We'd be like, oh, man, well, this thing was made in Germany. They always over-engineering stuff anyway. You know, <laughs> it'll hold that weight. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. And then somebody, and then somebody walked past one of the kids do a cartwheel past the TV, and the whole thing fall down. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, so the thing is, is that you know what I'm telling guys is that look, they're the same way we talked about the professional strategy at your job. Like this is a professional strategy. Like this is laid out. Like the things that I'm talking to you guys about, there is a video led module for every single thing that I'm talking about. So you could log in today and get this information, you know, and um, and start doing it. Because it's in black and white. Like, that's part of the thing. Uh, part of the secret sauce is having a tool. Like, it's tools and strategies. Because it's one thing just to have a vision. You know, we can sit, you know, we could sit in a, um, you know, like I'm here in Nashville. We could sit here in Nashville and talk about how dope it would be to go to Los Angeles. But if nobody's got a car, nobody's got a map, nobody's got gas money, then all we're doing is just talking. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, so what pro husband is? Pro husband is the keys, it's the van, it's the map, it's the uh it's the gas money, you know, and it's um, you know, and and the and the open sign is on 24 hours a day. So we're talking about pride and ego, you know, the fact that it's online means that anybody can go on and start doing this discreetly. If you don't want to tell your boys, "Hey, I'm trying to do something different." You can do that in the in the privacy of your own home. You know, or if several of you got wanted to get together, you could do it and say, "Hey, let's see what this cat's talking about," and start doing it. But it's all battle tested, and it's all coming from um, coming from real world experience. And I've talked to men, I've talked to women, and that's why I said that's why I was so confident and excited to talk about talk to the Fab Wives because I knew they was gonna throw me some curveballs. But see, when I hit them, hit them with the five fundamentals, it's like they couldn't argue with it, right? You know, mm-hmm. and I've just seen that time and time again, and I've seen guys. 
I've talked to guys. I'm like, look, dude, I know you. T- I know that you want more out of this relationship. I know that you want to come home to a woman who looks at you with adoring eyes. I know that you're tired of f- being frustrated. I know that you're tired of trying to, uh, you know, play hard all the time. I know that I know that every man wants to come home and be able to take that armor off and just relax and be okay being who he is. You know, mm-hmm. Darren should be able to come home and be Darren. Right. You know, Darren shouldn't mm-hmm. have to come home and be alpha all the time. You can't hold that posture up. You know, and we know that that's, and we know that, you know, we're, uh, we know the guys are out here dying inside. You right. know, because they got nowhere to take this stuff. You know, be like, look, man, I don't know what the hell I'm doing in my relationship, or I don't feel like, I feel like I'm letting my family down. But where are you going to go have that conversation and not get right. analyzed for it? You know, well, so I'm you not know, gonna, so go ahead. No, I mean, I just I just think that because um, I'm looking at your program and and I'm looking at ours, and it's really no different. I mean, I mean, and I'm and I'm saying and I'm going back on Rodney's point um, mm-hmm. that you know our five fundamentals that we had, let's say ten years ago, it was another ten fundamentals added to that five three years later and another twenty. Mm-hmm that 15 you know another three years put added on that and then we got all the fundamentals and over 500 shows and the material is out there but nobody's mm-hmm. listening so that's when to Rodney's point the frustration kicks in because we have so many fundamentals so many situations it's not a scenario under the sun that I don't think we covered but mm-hmm. and it's out there and if we continue to talk and create more shows now we just going into a circle because everything is covered now you yeah. have everything covered and, and let's just bring it back down to pro-husband those five fundamentals in pro-husband cover supposedly everything now you have to reel those guys in with all this pride now the 20% yeah down after they think they got it. You know, when I was on the training wheel, when I had training wheels, you know, yeah, we pulled off the training wheels because of the, the guys, the older kids, looked like it was easy to ride. But <laughs> we pulled off the training wheels and we get two feet down the street. Oh, we got it. Now we popping wheelies. Now, yeah. that that's not necessarily safe, but that's what we do. We think we got it. And they yeah. stop listening. They stop calling. They stop requesting. They stop, you know, demanding. The demand goes way down because they think they have it, and they yeah. don't think they and, make yet. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. does your pro husband? I know it's available, but it, is it ever evolving, or is it just stuck with those five? No. So the so the the five fundamentals are never going to change. You know, I think that, uh, I mean, that's the core, you know, and that that's where I think we have to really, that's where you're going to have the most impact because a lot of the other things are sort of surface issues. They have their roots back in the, in the five fundamentals. And so those five fundamentals will never change. Now there's other, um, there's other modules that cover things like expectations, um, vision. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think, cause there's like, I think there's probably 13 or 14 altogether. 
mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. But one of the things that I, you know, I, I'm looking at the long, at the big picture here and trying to play the long game is that, you know, that's why I'm considering a membership because we're going to keep adding content. And so that's where you're going to get the most value is that while you may come in and say, okay, well, look, we're having communication issues. All right, we, we got our communications. You might not be thinking about vision because that's not what was on fire at the moment, right? Mm-hmm, but then let's mm-hmm. say 18 months later, okay, well, now me and wife are trying to figure out what we're going to do, you know, after the kids get out of school or, or maybe we don't have kids yet and we're talking about having kids. You know, so now we're going to have to start talking about, you know, she's asking me all these questions, you know, and I don't have answers to them. You know, well, then now there's now that thing is now relevant to you. It, it wasn't relevant to you 18 months prior, but right. now that it is. You right. know, so to me, like, this is just going to be an ever-evolving, um, you know, catalog of things to come back because that's just that's the nature of marriage. I mean, the problems that I had five years in, I don't have now at almost 15. Right, something new. You know, and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing is that, you know, we have to, uh, you know, we have to enter into these relationships with full knowledge that, um, you know, that think that things will change. You know, the uh, I heard a, I heard a psychologist explain. Um, there was a lady that was talking about balance. She was like, "Well, how do you balance, you know, work and family and you know, marriage and all this other stuff?" And he said. Uh, <laughs> And he sat her down with this. He says, uh, "He says, well, you got to quit chasing balance." He says, "Because balance is a myth." And she looked at him like she was like, "What do you mean?" And he says, "The world, the Earth is constantly spinning, right? Like the physical Earth that we're standing on is constantly spinning." He says, "And people are moving on the Earth." He says, "When you talk about balance, you're asking a world that is constantly in motion, that is constantly, uh, that is dynamic, and 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 always turning and spinning and shifting." You're asking that world to stand still and hold a certain posture indefinitely. He said, and that's impossible. Mm. He said, yeah, so we have to. Yeah, he's like, so we. Ha-, he's like, so you can't be looking for balance. He says, what you need to be looking for is flexibility and being nimble. Right. You know, so, because because in a lot of situations, you know, if you've been married for a while, you know, sometimes it's today. It's it's my wife's day. Like she's the one that's you know experiencing increase in her job and the things that she's got her hands on and maybe I'm not experiencing anything, but then tomorrow that could flip around, you know, so I have to learn how to be the supporter and also position myself to be the supported. If that makes right. sense. Right. You know, and she's got to be able to do the same thing. But if we can, if we learn that about each other and we can learn how to do that dance, then I mean, like my, my marriage is, is a perfect example of it. I mean, we're doing some amazing things and we've got, uh, we're in a really good spot with our kids, with our finances, with our business. You know, all those things are clicking. But, I mean, it's all the end result of a lot of hard work and a lot of, uh, you know, perseverance and patience, you know, and communication, too. So. Mm-hmm. I, got, I, I got another monkey wrench for you, Michael. And um, you got two choices, and the person comes to you, and they ask you this question. They say, Michael, should I – settle down with a person and let's say hypothetically they can look in a crystal ball and see that this person is who that these choices are that I'm going to give you. So the first choice is the person is a great spouse but a good parent to the kids. That's option A. Option B is the person 
is a great parent to the kids, but a good spouse. Which option, mm-hmm. option A or option B, would you think? Would you say, well, you sh- young, young person or man or woman, which, which 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 direction would you guide them to 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 seek out a great spouse or a great parent for the children? Well, I think. Um before you can really answer that, you have to, I would ask them, I, I need to understand more about what your value system is. Because if I can understand more about mm-hmm. what you value and what she values, well, then that choice becomes very, very easy. Because if what you value is family and she values family, well, then, yeah, I mean, you're obviously, you know, having a great parent over just a good parent is going to be what I'm going to choose. But if you say, you know what, I don't know where I'm, where I'm at on kids or I want kids, but maybe she doesn't want kids, but we definitely know that we want to be together. Well, then maybe we're leaning more towards a spouse, but that's, that's one of those things. Uh, that's a perfect opportunity to point out why it's so important to have these conversations on the front end of relationship. We need to establish and figure out what is, what is your value system? Like what are the things that you want out of life? What makes you tick? You know, what are you, uh, what are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? Like all that stuff is critical information, you know, before you spend all your blood and treasure on, <laughs> you know, trying to form a long-term partnership with somebody who might not be uh, complimentary or compatible with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good words. So why would you, why did you uh, ask that? It was just a question, just a thought. Okay. So Mike, but back to my uh, earlier question, what what makes mm-hmm. uh, pro husband uh, program different than married men don't talk? Well, one thing I answer well, is that he char- he charges. You know, and <laughs> I think that that's that uh, right. Uh, I mean, married, oh yeah, married men don't talk is free. Married men don't talk is too available. That was the problem. Right, if you make something exclusive like. Oh, you got to pay to get in here. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it it has a different mystique about it. Whereas married men on talk, we've been showing up here for free, on our own time, on our own dime. You didn't have to pay anything. We never charge anybody for anything. That's the difference. It's like ah, whatever. You know, I can take it or leave it. Whereas when it's exclusive, where oh, I got to be a member to be part of married men on talk. Oh, okay. Did you pay your membership? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, you can come on. Once you pay your, your monthly membership due, you can come on in and run with us. But without the exclusive membership dues, it's too available. People can take it or leave it, and that's what has happened. Yeah, so, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you have, like, at the end of the day, nothing nothing is free. You know, and so yep. what guys have to understand, the same way that they've made, uh, like, you're making an investment. Like, this relationship is an investment. So you spending money on, you know, going out to eat, you spending money on housing, you spending money on vacations and all of a sudden. So you're expecting a return from that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so the same, so the same way, you know, if I spend money on something, I'm going to take care of it. You know, if I get a brand new car, you know, and I'm putting that note, you know, I had to pay full price or whatever and I couldn't get no deal. Guess what? No, that car will be washed on a regular basis. It will be getting all this scheduled maintenance. And all that other stuff. Why? Because I spent good money on this. You know, but mm-hmm. if somebody, you know, if, if I'm, you know, if I'm at a football game or whatever, and I win the little Dr. Pepper, you know, kick, pump, pass, throw uh, thing or whatever, and they give me a, a brand new F-150, 
I'm probably not going to take care of it the same way that I would as the one that I'm paying for. Absolutely. Okay. So, I mean, there has to be some investment. There has to be some skin in the game. And that's the thing. I have not met a guy yet that says, I don't want to work, you know, or I'm not willing to put forth any effort. I mean, you got some of those guys that have checked out, you know, and they've just, you know, flat out, they don't want to. And that's the only thing I can't help you with. Well, I, I tell people when they ask about the program, I said, I can I can show you a pathway and I can get you moving. I said, the only thing I can't provide is the want to. But if all you got is want to, then you in there. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, guys want to – they want to have meaningful uh, – they want to know that their efforts are appreciated. You know, they want to be uh, – you know, just from a job standpoint, you want to be paid for your labor, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I forgot the, uh, the mm-hmm. other brother that was talking about earlier. Okay, I'm doing all this stuff, and, I don't, and I'm not getting anything coming back in my, you know, in my direction. Yeah, that can be demoralizing for, you know, um, yep. you know real quick. You know, and that'll make you, that'll make you, you know, take your foot off the gas in a heartbeat, and a lot of cats do. I know my worth, and my worth ain't sitting here yeah. for free no more. It ain't. <laughs> it just ain't. And I think it's, you know, the same concept that you said, um, you can you can apply that to dating. Now, I'll give you an yeah. example. Now, you can, you know, you can find love on Facebook. You can. Yeah. You know, um, I think Facebook got a little dating app, but you're probably but you find better chemistry. off. Yeah, you can find chemistry, you know, but, you know, people have gotten, you know, married and, and, and found love on Facebook. It is possible. It's not impossible. But your odds of yeah. finding love, meaningful love, increase if you go through a paid dating service versus just yeah. fooling around with folks on Facebook and you look up and you find somebody with chemistry and, you know, it might work, it might not. But if you go through yeah. a paid, you know, you sit down with a person and say, okay. You know, we you want to find meaningful love? You know, we're going to charge you a monthly fee until you find men, meaningful love. It's not free. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, going back to your point, it's like it's, it, we were too free, we're too too available, too too accessible to make it any any uh, value. So, it is what mm. it is. Wow. Well, well, Mike, we come to the end of our show in about fifteen minutes, but I wanted to ask you. Okay. Uh, you're all the way in Nashville, so what does someone have to do to get started with the program uh, uh, called uh, Pro Husband? Literally, all they got to do is go to www.prohusband.net uh, and look up there in the top right-hand corner uh, where it basically says become a member. You hit that button, and then it will bring you to the program details and show you the different um, uh, products and services that I have in there. And you hit the button and you're in there. I mean, you can get started tonight. You know, and that's one of the things that uh, that I prided myself on was that, you know, because, you know, the same way uh, women are wired for safety and security, I feel like the two things that uh, the guys that wires us that makes us light up is action and purpose. Like mm-hmm. we, 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 want, we want to put our hands to the plow. We want to do something, but we also need to know why we're doing it. Right. So if I can see, if I can, if I understand the why and you've given me the how, well, yeah, then I'll be out there behind that plow all day because I can see progress. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, and, so and you're how so much? That, how much so, does the program cost roughly? So you have two, uh, you have two tier, two tiers. You have the basic, um, the basic program, which is uh, ninety nine, and that's just a one time cost. 
Like you pay that $99 and whether you use, use the program tonight or six months from now, you in there. Uh, after that year's up, then I think there's like a, maybe it's like a $10 uh, renewal fee, but it's minimal, you know, and I did that with a good reason because what we know, any of us who are in the relationship space, like if you ever uh, recommended a counselor or if you've been to counseling yourself, you know that that's expensive, you know, and the problem is, is that a lot of people, a lot of the people who need help can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I was very mindful of that about the budget. So that that basic program will give you just the eight eight knowledge, uh, the eight video modules, and then the next tier up is what I recommend. That one is two forty seven, a one time cost of two forty seven. And what that's going to do, that's going to give you everything that's in the basic, but it's also going to give you access to what I've called the vault. And inside the vault, you have what I call blueprints. And so, mm-hmm. blueprints are basically the strategies for the most common everyday occurrences. So let's say uh, how many of you guys have been charged with not being thoughtful or not being intuitive or not, uh, not doing, you know, things that are not being romantic, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. I literally have, I literally have a blueprint for how to pick out a thoughtful gift. And I'll tell you where that came from. Perfect example. My wife, uh, she's like most sisters and everything. She's all about her uh, cocoa butter and her shea butter, right? You know, keep them, keep the ash off, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, 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 uh, tell the story real quick. So basically, you know, my wife has this uh, this uh, cocoa butter or whatever that she likes and everything, and so she puts it on. She uses it every day. Well, I noticed one day that she was getting empty. I heard her in there slapping that bottle. You know, I could hear her from <laughs> the other side of the house. I'm like, okay, she out. She over there. So I noticed that I didn't say anything to her. And then I was in the uh, store getting something else for myself. And I was like, you know what? I said, let me go over here and see if they got that, uh, that stuff that she puts on or whatever. And so I went over there, I found it. And then I brought it back to the house and I sat it down and I didn't, I didn't make any noise about it. A lot of times guys will do something and then they want to stand up and beat their chest or they want a cookie or a parade or anything, stuff like that. I didn't do that. I just sat it down in the place and I threw away the old bottle. Well, she came home later on that day, and she walked, and she stopped dead in her tracks, and she looked at that, and then she looked at me, and her eyes were big as saucers, and, you know, I won't go into detail what happened next, but it was right. very well received. <laughs> and basically, and basically, and basically what it was, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, talking about it later, and she told me, she was like, you know what, that was so thoughtful. Like, I, like, I didn't even have to ask you to go get that, but you saw that I was out and you just went ahead and took it upon yourself to go get the, uh, go get that, uh, get that uh, cocoa butter for me. She was like, that was so awesome. And so that, that struck a light bulb in my head. I said, damn, I said, I got more action out of a $5 bottle of lotion than I did spending $150 on steak and lobster and and drinks. Right. Right. So to Mm -hmm. me, I'm all about, because I got a very busy life. I'm all about being efficient with my efforts. So mm-hmm. to me, what I figured out is that, okay, if I can get that reaction, I'd rather spend $5 two or three times a week than waiting, you know, four months till birthday, anniversary, uh, you know, uh, you know, any other little special moments, you know, trying to go hard on Valentine's Day, you right. know, because you ain't did nothing in six months. Right. Right. And so right. that's one of the things that's one of the other things that the guys are excited about. They're like, Oh man, so I can just 
on a regular basis, like, I just make that part of my regimen. Like, that's my system now. Like, I'm approaching my marriage as part of a system. These are the things that I do on a regular basis, and it just becomes habit, and those habits are producing good results. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so that's what the blueprints do, and there's, like, there's at least a dozen of those. And so, you know, as I – every time I, you know, talk to a group of people, if somebody throws something at me that I hadn't uh, considered or hadn't tackled yet, well, then guess what? That's going to be a new blueprint. Right. Okay. You know, so that so that's the value. You know, it, like similar to what you're saying. You know, is you just keep building that content because, like I said, um, you know, there's just a lot of things that we don't understand about this relationship and where those opportunities are. So if you can point out these opportunities and give the guys what they need, like I'm saying, some amazing things happen with these families. Mm-hmm. And how long? And how long are your um your videos on average? The tools once they get in there. Man, the videos are probably no longer than maybe eight minutes, I think. So each module mm-hmm. is broken down into four parts. You have because, like I like I said, guys aren't gonna sit around for too long because we don't deal with fluff, right? And neither mm-hmm. and neither do I, you know. So I was like, look, I'm gonna just get you straight to the point. I'm gonna give you the dope, and then, um, you know, and just work you through a system. So it's broken into four parts. You have your uh, your overview, which basically kind of sets the landscape for the content. Then you have your uh, then you have your mission, which that gives you the specific details of what you're going to do. Then you have also the third part, what I call my battle buddy exercises. And what this is, this is very critical because it's one thing just to sit down and talk to men and and, and explain concepts to them. But if you give them something physical to work with that can illustrate the point that you're trying to drive home, then that just gives another layer of another layer of understanding and gives them more motivation to, uh, you know, to, uh, to apply what it is that you're showing them. Right. So, uh, yep. so then you have that. And then the fourth part is what I call the, uh, and that battle buddy exercise, I call it battle buddy because that's a military term where right. you know, I don't know if any of you guys have ever served, but you know, yep. that's, that's the person who's got your back, right? So that person that you do the battle buddy exercise with is your wife. And I did that specifically because our wives are nosy and they're going to want to know what you're doing in here anyway. So it's like, let's not make this a big thing. Let me go ahead and just create an on-ramp. Say, look, baby, I'm going to do these first two parts or whatever, and then this is where you come in and we work together. Now, the beautiful part about that is that gives you an opportunity to connect on something that's important and of value for both of you. What it also does is it gives you the opportunity. It puts you in a leadership position because now you can start going through this exercise, and she's going to start seeing. That's going to do something for her. That's going to send her a signal to be like, okay, he's invested in our relationship, and he's actually in action. You know, women love to see a man in action. Yeah. No brother ever got any. No, no brother ever got any butt. You know, with his feet kicked up on the coffee table watching the game. That's right. <laughs> but right. if he's outside digging the ditch or cutting the grass or changing oil or something like that, or fighting off robbers right. or whatever, that makes they, that makes they, that makes their they, they, they temperature go up. <laughs> yes. You know, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that so that's the thing. And so when she sees that, those are opportunities for her to you know quote unquote fall back and let you you know take a uh, an assertive role for something that she's ultimately going to benefit from, like you're both going to benefit from it because you want to feel like a leader. You want to feel like, okay, I got some power. I got some influence and Hey, my, my work is paying off. You know, I don't mind running myself through the meat grinder for my wife and my family, 
as long as there's a payoff, as long as I can see something, you know, happening. Right. You know, and so, so that's the, so that's the third part. And then lastly, I didn't mean to cut you off, but lastly, the the fourth part mm-hmm. is the debrief. And so what that is is that's a series of open-ended questions to foster that dialogue. Say, okay, you know, what went well about this? What didn't go well? And and basically, what that also does is that gives guys the opportunity to ask the right questions to have the conversations that they desperately need to have with their wives. Because a lot of us just don't have the language to uh, to ask those important questions. Okay. Yeah. What's your what are, what are your thoughts on um? Do you use social media to grow your brand? Yeah. So it's a. Uh, I don't think that you can avoid it at this point. I mean, if you've got a product or service, there's so many eyeballs on social media. Um, I don't bet the house on it, you know, because of the way the algorithms are set. Like, I mean, everything is so targeted now that, um, you know, you have to know exactly what it is that you're you're doing. But for me, like I said, because I'm working with people and I'm not selling widgets, if you will, like it'd be a lot easier to sell widgets on social media because, like it's it's a very I mean it's it's cash and carry. I look at it, I see it, I want it, I hit the buy button, and then boom, I got instant gratification, right? But with this, this is something that's going to require an investment of your time, so that's a bigger ask, you know. So people a lot of times will be slower on the trigger. But what I have found to be the most potent, it really is still word of mouth. Like I'll do a boot camp, and uh, you know guys will uh, you know go out and tell their homeboys, they're like, yo, like I learned about the five fundamentals or we had this conversation about, you know, vision or whatever. And me and wifey talked and, you know, now things are like, I see, you know, I see some light at the end of the tunnel in my situation, you know, and for, for a lot of us, like that's, what's going to be, that's, that's, what's going to be our conduit, you know, for funneling more business. And it's not so much, you know, spending a bunch of money on uh, social media marketing, you know, but it'll be that moment that we talked about earlier where you pull up in your 85 Honda and yours is shining and, and humming, purring like a kitten, and then your brother pulls up in his, and his is squeaking and rattling and held together with duct tape. You can be like, hey, man, how'd you get your stuff together? Oh, man, that's, I did the pro husband. That's right. So <laughs> so even even though you got big budgets out here with even these corporations spending millions and millions of dollars, word of mouth is still king. Absolutely. Okay. Words, brother. Good stuff, man. And it, yeah, I think that's that's it, man. We got a a couple minutes here. I don't know if anybody else had anything in the last sixty seconds or so, but I certainly <laughs> appreciate you coming through, Michael, man. And uh, you spent two hours with us, man. That was uh, yeah, I, I that was, was what's up. About an hour, man. So, but you I know, know he, yeah, he kept going, man. I mean, the conversation is just flowing, man. It was great. I enjoyed <laughs> it. So yeah, well, y'all, I appreciate y'all you guys. That- yeah, yeah. Go plug ahead. your I mean, stuff, man. Out. Plug your stuff. Tell them well, how no, to get I was going to say. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, so if you find me on social media, the Pro Husband, uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. I also have a podcast that's called the Pro Husband Podcast. That's going to be available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Uh, also, you definitely want to check out my book, Marriage Declassified: A Non-Clinical and Non-Clerical Answer to What Am I Getting Into? That is available across all platforms, including Amazon, Kindle, and Audible. Awesome. And you said it was going to be available on iTunes when? No, it's available now. I launched the podcast earlier this year, so I've got probably, Ooh. I think I've got 11 episodes up right now. So, oh, okay. um, so yeah, it's, okay. it's, yeah it's, it's good. Yeah, it's all good stuff. So, I mean, it's ready to go right now. You can search it and, and uh, get started immediately. 
Okay. Good stuff, How about man. Well, we but, appreciate uh, y'all, man. Yeah. Um, Andrew, Andrew, man. Just, we, yeah, I just want to say Andrew, real quick, thank you guys uh, so much for having us, having me on. I appreciate what you guys are doing, and I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing because there's enough work out here for all of us. My man. No doubt, man. We appreciate you, man. We'll, we'll holler at y'all next week. Y'all have a good Thanksgiving, fellas. All right, y'all. Right, everybody. Yep, later on.